Hi, Coach. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you got me? <laughs> yeah, we got you. Okay. We're uh, very happy to see you. Thank you for making time for us today. Absolutely. How's you, you just hey, you just cut in on a uh, the third inning of a twelve U softball, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who is winning? No, that was just a joke. That was just a joke. Hey, this is actually an off weekend because of Mother's Day, so so I didn't have to wake up five in the morning to do softball and uh, yeah. So so I'm good. This is perfect. Oh, great. Well, um, you're, you're, there's about, you know, a couple hundred people here uh, who are fans. No pressure. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of them have seen the show and are familiar with you. Some of them aren't. But I thought I'd just begin by asking you, have you been, it's been out for a couple months now. So ha have you been surprised by the response to uh, the season or uh, how's it been for you? Well, absolutely, man. You know what? I... I initially thought it was going to be boring. I said, when they approached me, I said, there's no way, uh, because the way I try to live out my life, there's no way I'm going to be as entertaining as those other shows. And, you know, to my surprise, man, the outpouring of encouragement and uh, just positive feedback for how I was able to wear a little bit of my faith on, on my sleeve. Mm. Uh, but that's just kind of how I knew to be. You know, I'm, I'm from the hood, but at the same time, I'm, I'm convicted. Uh, there's a conviction about how I live. And I, th I just said, you know what? I, I'm going to be born. They said, no, you'll be fine because how uh, it's going to be a mirror of you. And I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I don't know if I want that either. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know how anyone could possibly know you and think that it'd be boring. Um, <laughs> Uh, would you, did, what, what did the players think when they initially heard that they were going to be filmed? Uh, were they worried? Well, you know, I kind of kept it uh, quiet because I didn't want everybody to kind of want to, oh, I want to come play for you because I want to be on television. I think I actually told, the two guys I actually told was Deshaun and, and Joe Hampton. Uh, really? I actually, and we got 15 guys, and, and I think the reason why I told them is because there <laughs> I thought it could be special for them to share their story and it, it could kind of uh, reel them in a little bit to say, hey, there, there, there's something bigger here. Because uh, at the beginning, they're they're all over the place. And so I, I think it was important to share it with them. I shared it with my coaches, of course, my wife. It wasn't nothing happening unless my wife had an agreement to it. Uh, yeah. but there was only a few, oh, you know, there was only a few people. And actually, my pastor is the one who I, I absolutely wasn't going to do it. My pastor was the one that told me kind of to do it. You know? So you, you, it sounds like you, people have really been responding to your, for lack of a better word, your witness throughout the show. I mean, I, I think that uh, it almost increased as the, show, the way they structured it. We hear you talking about God. We hear you talking about Jesus more and more as it goes on. And the guys, like, sometimes they're rolling their eyes. Sometimes they're just hanging on your every word. Um, were, you, were you nervous about that? Did, did they ever tell you to tone it down? What, how, did, how did that work? Man, what, like I told him, I said, this is who I am. And I, I actually, I was a little more nervous about kind of my job and how that would come across. But you know what? God's hand... God's hand was absolutely on it because I'll tell you what, in times when you saw that it looks like Mosley's trying to minister, right? Mm -hmm. I did. I mean, I had scripture. I was breaking it down. But you know what? 
they did a good job with the content so that it wouldn't be offensive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it was so amazing. So God's hand was 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 actually on it and the producers. And they said, yeah, I can tell where they may have felt like this may be over the top. So we're going to cut this down a little bit. But but they still was able to show like it was a scene where we were up in we did a retreat. We're up in the mountains. And you know how it is. And you know how it is when you do the retreats. Right. You do all these little games and it's all cute. Right. And it's fun. But then at the end, you hit everybody with it's time to it's that altar call. Right. So there were, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I told the, the players. I was like, so you know, God, you you know what I'm about to do right now, right, fellas? And so it's time to go home, and there's this moment where I'm sharing. And I was like, nope, we're not getting off this mountain. Guess what? I fed you. We had fun. I let you laugh. But guess what? Before you leave, I'm going to share the gospel to you. And I did that. Uh, but you you didn't see it all. And they, they chopped it and cut it up. So I think it was it was perfect for the climate in which we, we we're in these times we're in. So we had this after, while I was involved and while I was doing it, it was no big deal. I was like, Oh, whatever. Nobody's going to pay attention to this show. But then what happened is the pandemic hit. Right. <laughs> and so now everybody's watching TV. Everybody's glued on documentaries. And I mean, I've never watched more TV than I have during the pan. I never used to watch TV, but the pandemic got me watching TV we're watching, we're hypersensitive to what we see now. George Floyd thing happens. Now everybody's hype. Now everybody's got these agendas and movements in the country. They're all just coming out. And now I'm holding my head like, oh my gosh, I just shared what I believe about everything. And now everybody's going to hate. Everybody's going to hate me. You know, I'm thinking, you know, when I'm doing the show, just the basketball community is going to watch. I had no idea that it was going to be a faith uh, the, the faith community would, would watch, mm. you know, believers would watch. And I got these, these believers and Christians that are just rushing in emails. And I'm just like, what, what are you talking about? I thought it was just going to be the basketball community. And Hey, I may be able to plant some seeds to the basketball coaches, you know, or basketball community, but also all of a sudden all over the world, people are crying out. They're asking for prayer. Mm. They're, 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 they're asking how can they build their faith? And I'm just like, Lord, I'm almost in tears when I'm alone like, Lord, I can't believe that that you opened the door to, to share who you were. And I thought I was going to get in trouble. And I was praying before the show came out. I was like, Lord, oh, my gosh, why did you have me do this? I just I, I just literally spit out these offenses to the atheists, to all these people across the world. I spit it all out and I'm going to get thrashed. But you know what? God's hand was on the production and it was just perfect how, you know, they allowed me to share who I was at the core, but they didn't offend. They didn't offend too many people. Yeah. Well, it seems like people were, it hit at a time in the pandemic where people were starving for something positive, redemptive, uh, but, you know, Sports, we were starving for sports, and you know, the racial aspect. All of us were people were so discouraged on that front to see something so unequivocally good. It, it, I think, anyway, it does feel like a gift from God to a lot of us, um, regardless of what. Coach, one, there's a bunch of catchphrases of yours that have now gotten memed. I see them, people sending them around. Uh, one of them, not, I'm not, I'll use the second one later, but one of them is you say, rules without relationship equals rebellion. 
Now, maybe that's just a, something you think about in terms of basketball, but I, I have a feeling you have a, that's, a, that's a deeper lesson. Can you expand on what you mean by that? Well, it, it all goes back to, to Christ. I mean, he knows who we are, and he knows the, our deepest, darkest secret. He knows what's in the depths of our souls, and just taking that and knowing having a relationship with all these young men, there's no way that I can have the impact. There's no way that I can uh, have them or ask them uh, or request of them anything unless I know what's going on. They're going to initially rebel because of some of the hurt that they've been through, the disappointment, the 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 abandonment that they've gone through. There's this wall that's built up in, in us and, and as people. And I mean, if you ask me to do something, you know, you know what I had to do? I had to kind of take a look at them. I'm, I'm doing my research before I say yes, right? I'm not going to – I have to know that you have a, a vested interest in what my values are, which, which you did. It's about my faith. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm excited now. I'll do it, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but, <laughs> but ultimately, uh, I think you, you really have to know what's going on. And as you look at some of those young men's life – now, I'll tell you, they, they just kind of took a look at maybe three or four guys – but all 15 guys have these issues. And in order to get them to respond and to stay bought in, you have to know what's going on in their lives. So Joe Hampton, you say, how could coach just let him act that way? Well, do you really know what would happen to him that morning and what's going on in his life at that moment and all the legal issues that he's going through and, and we're working through it and I'm living the burden out with him. So I'm living this burden out with him. So now I know Joe, he'll run to the, 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 locker room and say, I'm quitting. I'm done with this. But I'm just in the gym. I'm like, man, he's not going nowhere. You know why? <laughs> because I know what he wants. And he knows that I lived out this burden with him. And so what he wants is just attention for that moment. Mm. But eventually he draws back in. And as we see, as we look at the show and it's our oh, gosh, man, I'm, I'm just in awe that God allowed me. I'm a humble that he allowed me to be a part of this. But you look at how at, as we get to the end, everybody has kind of figured it out. And it's all because of the trust. They, they trust kind of my leadership and my direction because they initially started with, okay, I'm going to listen to him because he's vested in me, because he, he listened to my burdens. He listened to what I was going through. I helped Deshaun through some of his pain. And I'm not talking about just patting Deshaun and hugging him because his mom passed away or I showed up at his funeral and I gave mom flowers or, or put flowers on the casket. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when he was going through really hard times in terms of th th there's an attack from family members trying to attach themselves to maybe whatever financial situation his mom left him, right? Mm -hmm. So here's Coach Mosley. I kind of grabbed him and protecting him. Now I'm getting a little personal. Deshaun may, may not like this, but I got to give you the content, context, sure. right? Sure. I, I grabbed him and I protected him for from all the wolves that was trying to attack him from that area. So I wasn't trying to throw uh, the, the Bible at him at the moment. Hey, you need Christ to get you through this. No, what I did first is I said, let me, let me grab and protect him and help him. And we got him lawyers and we got him protected from the wolves that was out there trying to attack his financial situation that his mom put him in and trying to help him. And from, for that, we're ever connect, we're, we're, we're connected. So now when I asked Deshaun, to have the right response, Deshaun is like, I got you, coach. He still may be Deshaun, and I call him a jerk. He'll act like a, jer a jerk. But in the end, he's going to respond because I I, I lived out that burden with him. And so you you, you got to, I, I believe you have to have those, 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 uh, those relationships. 
before you can really ask somebody. And I think that's what happens in our society a lot. We, we bang the hammer down before we even know why they won't respond. Well, we're writing him off because look at his response to us telling him, doesn't he want this in life? Doesn't he, doesn't he want to be saved? Doesn't he want uh, to be successful? Look at this. He's, he's a waste. There's no way. Well, do you know why he responded that way? Maybe he was abandoned. Maybe, maybe he was abused at five, six, seven, eight. He doesn't know how to accept love. He doesn't know how to receive uh, 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 charity. You know, some of them don't know how to receive charity. Look at here. I'm giving you this charity and look at your response to how I'm giving you this charity. You know, sometimes we'll go and we'll travel and we do mission trips and we expect everybody to run up to us because we have all these goodies, right? Here's all these goodies. Well, why don't, once you find out what, what's really, why they're really poor or why they're really suffering, what's really going on, the suppression that's really happening, you got to dig in and find out why there's a, a negative or poor response. And I think that's, that's the key to, uh, to kind of getting uh, those who are you, you're leading to respond. What? I mean, that's an incredible thing to say, but what you're saying is that the, the, the initial investment has to come from you. That, yeah. that, that, that love, belovedness creates, or trust creates trust in return. And I imagine that that's a burden for a coach. Um, I wonder, uh, how do you deal with discouragement in, in that? Because we, we, we all have situations in our lives where you know, this, these lessons apply. Um, what, do you, yeah. what, what does John Mosley do when, when, when people don't respond or it takes them much longer to respond or you can't quite figure out why it is they're responding in such an <laughs> unhelpful way? Well, I mean, the only thing you can do is go to the, the source, right? <laughs> That's the only thing you can do. So, you know, a lot of times when you, so like as you just asked me, right, I'm, I'm trying to think in my mind, okay, let me give these little points. But there's no points. The point is you got to go to Christ. You got to go to <laughs> The true, your true discernment comes from the word of God. And ultimately it's, it's loving it when you have that discouragement. And sometimes I may come in a way and the response doesn't work out and I'm not getting the response. I have no, no place to go. So uh, as Paul said, let the weak say that I'm strong. We, Christ is made strong. Is, is our, our strength comes from Christ in our weakness. So I have to realize that, you know what? Hey, I've done everything that I can do. And now, Lord, it's time for you to take over. And that's the only time that God can show himself strong is when we release it to him. We have to release it to him and allow him to come in and take. But I'll tell you what, I'm hard-headed. And I'm bullheaded, and I am competitive, and I want to do it my way. But there comes a wall sometimes. A wall just comes up, and there is nothing that we can do. And you know what's exciting about that? The exciting part about that is that's where God, account the accountability for our relationship with God, that's where it shows up. Because I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, here we go again. Now I got to get back on my knees, right? Now I'm dependent on you again. Yeah. And that's what's the amazing part about those roadblocks, about discouragement, about all of that, it's kind of like God keeps us in check. There's a, there's a, he helps us to realize we're like, okay, all those tools, the education, the great person that you are, that all stops, right? And you're gonna have to eventually rely on me. And and he keeps me dependent on him. And I'm I'm forever grateful for all of those challenges and those journeys. And, and, and it comes up all the time throughout the year. So, Coach Mosley looked great at the end, right? Yeah, they told the story. Of course it looks great at the end. But you just don't know how burdened I was. And I was on my knees and I cried and I shivered in bed. And 
every day I was just like, Lord, this is not working. Like what is going on? And it, it, it forces you to go and be dependent. And so, yeah, coach Mosley, I look like this strong leader figure, but I was on my knees. I was crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, help me lead or me, help, help me guide and direct. And that's a lesson. All of the leaders there, the leaders at the church, they do the same thing. Hey, I'm telling on all the leaders at the church. Okay. Yeah. They're strong. They're mighty. They have great leadership tools and they, they, they have great wisdom, but I'm telling on them. They all cry out to the Lord. They all get on their knees. They all got tears at some point and say, Lord, help me lead. Wow. Well, that's beautiful. Well, there's another uh, a phrase that's been plastered over the internet, and I, in fact, used it the other night when I was talking, trying to introduce you a little bit to the, the, the unlucky few who don't, haven't watched the show yet. But you say something at one point, and you actually know, you don't just say it, the whole show is an embodiment of you saying that uh, these guys need love the most when they deserve it the least. Yeah. Um, that, to me, feels like a pretty succinct uh, definition of grace. Um, yes. Is that, uh, I don't maybe, where did that come to you from, or how do you, um, how do you understand that? Or do you think people have responded to that? Why, why uh, have they? Yeah, I think a lot of times when we see uh, crying out, or we, we initially want to give our solution to the problem. We initially want to put someone in their place. We wouldn't initially want to put them in check or tell them how wrong they are when ultimately they need love. And, you know, that's what, what it, it, it's the compassion that Christ had on us. When I truly understand, stood who God was, I was embarrassed at how awful I was. I was <laughs> absolutely embarrassed, you know, and part of my testimony is when I went on a Brazil trip and I couldn't speak the language and it wasn't about me ministering. It was God ministering to me. So I didn't have it. I was there by myself. I got left there because my intentions on going on the missions trip was, okay, I'm going to go on this missions trip and then I'm going to stick around and play professional basketball, right? That's so <laughs> cheesy, right? That's such a that's such a human, right? Like, I'm going to pretend like I'm this great Christian on a mission, mission trip. But my intentions was to go over there and play pro ball. What happened was, okay, I'm there to play pro ball to try out on these teams. All I had was my Bible, so I'm doing my cute little devotions, right? You know, your little 45-minute devotion. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, right? And then all of a sudden, there's nothing else to do, so I'm reading the Word. And the Word goes from an hour today to two hours to three. To I, I, I literally remember it was about three days in a row. I was in the Word for six hours. And after that, I, I came back home. I was absolutely embarrassed. And it was like, you know, your posture changes. My best friend picked me up from the airport and my posture changed. And all of a sudden, I, he said I was just like bent over. And it was like, Paul, like, you're like, like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed of who I was because you really know who he is. And I'm not talking about studying to know who he is, right? I had a minor in theology when I left the master's college. Well, it's the master's university now. So I left there. I had a minor in theology. I knew it all, but I didn't know the details of who God was and how powerful and amazing he was. And I was scared to death. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so, what is wrong with me? And so the compassion he had for me and the patience he had for me to finally get the moment to know him. I think that's the same way we have to approach and we have to go into these relationships. And so we look at a Joe Hampton and everybody said, man, Joe got on my nerves. I couldn't stand him. He's so selfish. You're doing this, this, and this. And then he's so selfish. But if I didn't have the patience, Joe would have been gone. He would have left. And then he would have continued to spiral in this. But there's a diamond in there. 
There's so so he had all of this going on, right? And what happens to a diamond? The more pressure it gets, the better it, the outcome. So he's got all this pressure. He got all this crap going on in his life, mm. right? And he's covered, and nobody can see it. I saw a little glimpse. I was I was chipping away. <laughs> I said, basketball reveals character. I can see who he was by the way he played. I can see him. Huh. But guess what? He started. He would respond, and it had nothing to do with basketball. It was what was going on. It was the. It was what he carried on his whole life. It was the baggage. It was a lot. You know, it was the lack of of maybe salvation. You know, I don't know. But it was all of that, and I just thought he needed love. Uh, and, and you say they, they need love. And I remember that when I started coaching, a coach said it. And so I just keep that in my mind. When I look at someone and I say, you know what? This person is the most awfulest. Look at this person. They just, you know what? I don't want to deal with it. That's when you need to deal with it. Yeah. When you don't want to deal, right when you say, I'm done with that person. Yeah. And I'm always convicted by that. When a person does something to me and they do, and then I'll be like, Lord, that's probably when I need to pray for them the most. That's probably when I need to, you know, I need to intervene in love. Yeah. When that person disgusts me the most. Wow. Yeah. I mean, easier said than done. Um. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, I don't, hey, don't, don't hold me to, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just able to share, you know, here I am trying to speak into other people's lives and I, I probably, I need to work on doing that myself, you know? Oh, well, it's like I said, it's a, it's a huge gift to see your transparency throughout this. I mean, in fact, you know, um, it's, a, it's about as compelling a, 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 a person living out their faith as I've seen on the small screen in this regard. I know there's editing involved, and I know that, you know, you, you've, you, you've, uh, you've conf- you talk about your weaknesses and all this stuff, and it's very um, it, it, captivating. But what, what advice or what guidance do you have to Christians who are confused or scared about the 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 uh, you know offending people or just getting it wrong or not? Um, you know, a lot of Christians aren't aren't known for their love uh, in the way that you seem to be so easily uh, able to show. Uh, talk yeah. to us about that if you're talking to your fellow uh, Christians. Well, you know what I I uh, I, I do I. I I used to always make sure that, yeah, I, I, I do have to be aware that uh, that here in our society that others have a right to live out how they, you know, they have, a, based on our society, they have a right to live out how they want to live it. Mm-hmm. But when I'm approached, when I'm attacked, when I'm questioned or when I'm asked or when there feels to be a need to share, and that, that comes from spending time with the Lord in a, in a conviction when if we spend in time with the Lord uh, so much and we are consecrating ourselves and he's preparing us, then we'll have that inkling inside when we know we need to share and when we need to pour out what God is trying to say. Uh, if I show up, then self-righteousness, oh, I need to tell everybody what to do, right? I need to walk down the street and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, wrong. You need Christ, you need Christ, you need. But you know what? Uh spending time with the Lord and there's a level of conviction that, that there's a, there's a right time and a right place mm-hmm. for it. And th- there's uh, a moment we had in our van and you saw it when I plugged in, I think Mary, Mary, right. It, yeah. they, they put, they put that song in there, but that's a song they put in. It, it kind of helped the, the show, but so we'll be in the vans. Right. And, and this is kind of, kind of how I take it. I never offend these guys so they, they can trust me because a lot of times <clears throat> 
if you overdo it, then you can lose trust as well. If you just kind of shove the Bible down their throat, you can lose the trust. But to let them know, like, hey, I'm allowing you to be you, and, and, and here's what I have to offer. I'm going to live out who I am, and here's what I have to offer. And their guys are kind of looking at the side of their eyes like, okay, I'm, I'm going to pretend like I'm not looking at coach, but I'm going to really look and see what he, how he engages with his wife. I'm going to see how he really engages with his children. And, and they're watching all of that. That's a ministry itself. You're preaching through how you live out. Mm. But I was, I was playing the, the, the guys that say, hey, coach, can you plug in my phone and put it, the aux cable in in the vans while we're driving to the game? Play this song. And I'm sh- like, sure, give it to me. I'll play the music. And there's this cursing and swearing and there's all this derogatory stuff about <laughs> ladies and all that. I'm like, sure, I'll listen to it. No big deal. We'll play it. <laughs> and they're bumping their head and they're bobbing. I said, but notice, how many songs are you playing? And they say, oh, just play these three songs, coach. Perfect. I'm going to play my three songs, right? <laughs> so you got three songs. I got three songs. And you know what? Their songs are like, what, three, four minutes, right? Okay, cool. Time for me to plug in my songs. Guess what? My songs, three songs, each song, spontaneous worship, right? So, like, so I did eight to ten minute songs. So my songs play for 30 minutes. Their songs play for eight minutes, right? So it's just like awesome. So, you know, j- a, just having a, that's that. That's a hack. Way. Yeah. That's a, yes, how to to live out, uh, to live out. But I, I think it comes from you spending time with the Lord. You, you can't get away from it. It, it, the, the solutions, they don't come from me. So you say, how do I live it out? Yeah, I can't be offensive to to walking on this earth uh, to those who want to live a certain way, but I do have a responsibility. So if I can't speak it, I can actually live it. So if I can't speak to them about my faith, I'm, I'm going to live it and then they're going to see it. And then when they ask, I'm going to speak it. And then when they, they have a need, then I'm going to share it. You know, so yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm share it. Uh, but if, if I can't speak it, then I'll just have to live it out in some way, in some form. And and the and the seeds are planted either 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 way it go. You don't have to give. Uh, you don't have to do some level of commentary or uh, expository every time you walk to somebody who doesn't have the the faith. You don't you don't have to do it. You can live it out. You can just give a smile, and then all of a sudden that person clings to you, and you can minister to them a month later. Because just because you smiled and just because they felt the, the presence of the Lord, just because they felt that, that, that fruit of the spirit, because they seen it and they felt it, they cling on to you. And maybe we can revisit that, that gospel uh, uh, a little bit later. But, but that, that's how I do it. But it, it's, it's no trick, man. It comes from the conviction that you have from the Lord. You got to spend time in the word with the Lord so that it softens you up so that you're not self-righteous. You're not overdoing it. You're humble. I get to a humble place where I'm like, man, I know what he's going through. Let me just sit back and see, is there any way I can help first before I start beating the word of God into him? You know, we're so self-righteous <laughs> and we got to just change our hearts and, and we got to love. And, and I, that that's the only thing, man. We, we can't, we got to love before we, we, you know, we sit there preaching. We got to love. I mean, Christ loved me, man. You know, wow. and I mean, he's he loved me to save me, right? He didn't he didn't preach to me before he saved me. He loved me and saved me, and now I'm getting to preach it. Now you guys guys like you are preaching to me. <laughs> now my pastor is preaching to me now that I'm saved. But he loved me and saved me first, 
And then he preached to me. And now, now I can take the beating of the word of God. But I can't take it before I'm saved, you I know? hope it's not too hard. The, uh, uh, yeah. Coach, um, I got two more questions for you. Um, is there anything you think that people of sort of your generation or my generation should know about the guys that you're working with? I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking about like... 19, 20, 21 year old guys, but I'm also talking about, you know, uh, African American young men. Like, what, what is it you think people don't understand about the population you're working with or just that that generation that they, they should know or that would be helpful? Yeah. So, just, and, and, it, and it goes for, because look, my son is, he's African American. Okay, so that's just one thing that you go through, just the initial stereotype of the skin tone. Okay, so that's one area. But then when you add the other caveats, the abuse that's at home, the, the culture that we're in, the uh, my son is fine. My son is fine when you talk about, uh, yeah, he's educated. Yeah, he's all these things. He comes from a great home. We're a Christian home and all that. So he's fine. But there's a there's that's the the real issue that he uh, only has to deal with is the skin tone. The population I'm dealing with, it not only deals with the skin tone, but now we're dealing with the abuse. We're dealing with disappointment. We're dealing with abandonment. We're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, situations where they uh, have had families, but then they're disappointed once they get off this platform. I'm dealing with young men like Joe Hampton, who, yeah, he had his family there a little bit, but once he blew out both knees, then there was a level of emotional abandonment. And that's something that is, you know, is kind of generational. And there's a diamond inside of all of them. And that's what I see. I think what's going on in our society is everybody asks me about race. They ask me about uh, genders and all that other stuff. I think it comes down to the heart and how our heart, if we can just change our heart uh, and love on others, and if we can change the heart of those that are in those positions, those African-American males that are, uh, we can ch teach them how to be leaders and how to be men. A lot of them grew up without uh, fathers. I think maybe 80% of the guys on the team grew up without fathers. And I would offend them like that. I'll offend them right away and let them know like, hey, you know what? You, some of you guys learn how to be great boys, but none of you know how to be men. And part of that, only a man can teach you how to be a man. And what? My mama told me. My mama, you know, what you talking about? My mama raised me. Yeah, raised her. And I know that's offensive. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know that's offensive to the, 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 the single parent mom that did a phenomenal job, just like a male. Imagine a male trying to raise a teenage young lady. It is no way that... I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting personal, but my 12-year-old lady, she went through something, and I couldn't handle that, right? <laughs> that just... <laughs> say no more. No, actually, say more. <laughs> that just happened. Yeah, that just happened last week. And my eyes, I was just like... And usually, I'm the dad. I'm the leader of the home. Like, yeah, we're doing this. The family is this. But when that happened, I was like, okay, I'm... Yeah. Uh, I'm checking out. Check, please. I'm out of here. Yeah. Check, please. I'm out of here. My wife, you know, my wife. So there's just things that, in terms of the male, African-American male, teaching them, that's just something that uh, African-American male can help do. Uh, and then a male in general can help do some of the issues that they're going to live with in life. And there's just so, so much abandonment, so much rejection, so much stereotype. And even... 
I guess, as Trump would say, fake news. There's a fake pouring of information in their heads as well that, that's saying that everybody else is stereotyping you when they're really not. You're just listening to people say that, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. Okay, yeah, Black Lives Matter. It's like, you know what? No, the heart matters. It's a sin issue. That's the problem. It's not It's not Black Lives Matter. It's uh, the, the life of the hearts of the human being, it matters. The salvation of the human being, it matters. And if we can just figure that part out, it, it always goes back to the heart and, and, and serving others. We can just fix everything if we can fix the heart on how I view you. You know, how I view you in my heart, how do I view you and how do you view me? It shouldn't be based on skin tone. It shouldn't be based on uh, upbringing or all that. It should be based on the heart, you know. But but when we have those and, and if our hearts can dial in to maybe some of those things that they go 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 through instead of their responses, uh, then we can we can get to the root of the matter. Huh. If we can just fix our hearts. If I can fix my heart, then I can view you better. You know what I'm saying? If you can fix your heart, then you can view me better. And and so I I, I try to stay away from it because everybody has these these everybody has the solutions they have these check marks and it gets confusing and it's a big headache and if we go try to read all these books and go to these seminars how do we support racism in the black community and man all of that stuff it gets jumbled up because it's it's what a person thinks in their heart it's what a person thinks it's it's a, it's all these opinions <clears throat> yeah there's research to show what's going on and how it's happening but you know the biggest thing is love it's the heart it's love and it's the heart. And that's how we can just kind of, and all you have to do is love on them. And then when you love on them, yeah, you got to do your research and realize that there was a level of suffering. There was a level of suppression. Yeah, there is that. There is that. And I and I talk about um, there's a window of opportunity. And yeah, in the African-American community, sometimes the window is shorter. Everybody gets an opportunity, but it's shorter and it may be smaller and they may get one door. Some get 10 doors. They may get one door and they may not know how to go through that door and respond through that door. And it's not, your your heart shouldn't be the, the judge to say, look, he has an opportunity and he's not going through the door. We got to change our hearts and say, look, we got to get you through this door. This is it. This is all you got. Mm. This is all we have. Anyway, you're not going to fail on my watch. That's my philosophy. I'm not going to let you fail. I just got to love you until we can get you through. I got to love you. Because guess what? That's what Christ did. He stinking loved me till I was the worst. He loved me until I got through. And now I'm just ashamed, right? And if we can do that for others instead of just writing them off, then then it'll be fine. And so if we go into the African-American community, if we go, we just got to continue to love And just the same with the African-American community. We got to love, we got to fix our hearts towards those who may have, we feel may have wronged us. That Right now we're just the victim, right? And we're a victim. And and, and really that frustrates me. And I'll just let you know my opinion because by us playing the victim, it continues to devalue us. I feel like we're being, our value is going down by claiming we're the victim. It just irritates me, right? So Mm. we're kind of constantly losing value with who we truly are because we're claiming we're the victim, we're the victim, we're the victim. I'm just, it's just irritating me. It's like, no, we're not. It's just, we just, they have a hard issue. We have a hard issue. He has a hard issue. She has a hard issue. They have a hard issue that needs to be fixed. And then it just blurs out all the other crap, man. <laughs> you know, it just, everything else just goes away if we can just fix the heart. Uh, greed, uh, racism, all of these sin, this, all of it is just sin 
because of what's going on in the heart. And we can eliminate all of that. We can eliminate how we approach African-Americans. We can eliminate how we approach whites or Asians or or even the gay community that we got to save or whatever it is. We got to eliminate, we can eliminate how we approach them and how we love on them if we fix our hearts. It's hard for me to love, uh, it's hard for me to love those who I see just are living out sin. It's hard. And I just want to just, just, I just want to just condemn them. Like, see, there they go. Look at this. I'm watching commercials and I can't stand even commercials. I'm like, look at this sin. Oh, this is awful. <laughs> and I need to, you know, we need to fix our hearts, man. And I'm, I, I, I'm one of the main ones, man. I need to fix my heart as well. Oh. Um, so yeah, there, there is a community, man, but that, that is, it's, it, you truly are suffering and you, you just, you can't say, well, I see what they're going through. Uh, because I do have friends that are white or whatever race and they say, no, I understand. And I think, you know what, I'm, I'm on every, I'm on, I'm on the conservative side, but I can say you don't understand. So it, it's not understanding. It's just have compassion and say, okay, I don't understand, but, but I'm a love, mm. you know, I, I don't understand, but I'm a love. And, and, and you, you could try, uh, I grew up being pulled over and I was a great kid. I had, I went to church my parents, you know, all that. I was in and out of kind of sin, but I, I grew up. I, I got 21 times that I was pulled over by the police in question. Five times I was pulled out in handcuffs. Okay. Never had a record or anything handcuffed. All right. So, and this is a, and I'm a good person and I was a, a student and I was all that. And so, yeah, I did go through it. So say, well, no, you must've been doing something wrong. No, I wasn't doing anything wrong. And that's happened to me. So uh, it's hard to understand but just just love. It's it's hard to understand. I can't explain the the, the 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 times. I can tell you stories, and you're like, wow, that really happened. Yeah, and it's happening to African Americans on all that. But that's not the issue. The issue is the heart, the heart of those who are approaching us, the heart of those who are stereotyping or saying, you guys need to take your opportunities. You guys should take the opportunities that you have. You guys are smoking weed and you're doing this. Well, why are they smoking weed? Why are they? Uh, maybe someone closed the doors and shut the doors uh, of their opportunities and, and it just feels like a suppression and it, there's a burden and maybe help us come out of that depression and that, that burdenment, help us pray for us to come out of the, 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 uh, that sense of we gave up because we've been knocked down. It's help us pray for us. Everybody didn't have the support that maybe you had, you know, I had good support. I had good parents. So it's, it's easier for me to come out of it. But there's some that has been pushed and knocked down on top of the fact that they grew up in a single parent home, on top of they found they grew up in abuse and da da da. So that's the reason why maybe they're not grabbing their opportunity because they're just so burdened. And those are the people that that Christ is coming after because they have those diamonds inside. They have them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He came to save the sick. He came to get the sick, right? Because the sick, once they're they're well, they're gonna shout. They're gonna shout. Right, because they know how sick they were. But the ones who are well, they still think it's them. Yeah. The ones who are well, it's like it's me that did it all. But the ones who are sick, they know, and they're gonna shout the loudest. Wow. Well, I mean, on that note, I mean, it, I, I'm hearing, and one of the things that's so, again, so um, just enticing is the, the fact that you're behavior, you see behavior as clearly a, a less important than what's going on inside. That's just the fruit. Um, but you now have a little bit of 
a little minor celebrity, a little notoriety, and um, I'm, I, I'd just be curious to know how you're dealing with that, how LaShonda is dealing with that, uh, your wife, and uh, how can we pray for you? And um, I don't know, what, what's... What's changed for you? Is, is, is the, the temptation towards self-righteousness stronger than ever as, as you've been sort of praised so much? And I don't know. Um, Tell us. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, there, there can be prayer. There needs to be prayer for that. But LaShonda, she's not having it. She'll, <laughs> LaShonda's not having it. She's like, you, you ain't nobody. She looked at my social media. She's like, this is a bunch of crap. She was like, why are... Why is 50,000 people following you? Like, you know, I didn't have I didn't have Instagram like two months ago and now it's 50,000 people. But you know what that shows? That shows how superficial we are in this society. You know, uh, I didn't feel like I was any different uh, a year or two ago in terms of how I was impacting lives or trying to impact in the heart and the compassion that I have. Actually, I feel like, man, I kind of fell off a little bit. I probably had a little more compassion a couple years ago. And so to see that, to see people, they, like you said, these catchphrases are coming out. And I'm like, man, I've been saying these catchphrases for years. Like, and now everybody's like, oh, that's so great. He's this great man. He's just, and I'm just like, like, no, man. Like, it really saddens me if, it, it really saddens me. And I'll, I'll say this. It really saddens me that if you really, you said, this is like, I'm doing good. This is good. Like, we could be doing more. Like, I could be doing more. Like, you mean to tell me there's not enough people in the world doing this? And I'm just like, Lord, are we really this far gone that, like, they're looking at me and saying, great job. We need more examples like you. Like, what? I'm an example? <laughs> like, no way. Why, why am I not? This is what we should be doing. Like, what? Did, you mean to tell me nobody's doing this? I was like, oh, gosh, we, we are off. I was like, if I'm the only one that you're saying is great, and yeah, we got this platform, and they edited well, and it looks good, but like, I'm getting DMs and messages, this really changed my life. I'm like, what? How is it stinking this changed your life? What are you talking about? Like, where, where is the ministries at? Where are we at? Where's the church at? Why are you telling me this? And I'm like, no, this is sad. If yeah. you can say that, and it doesn't bring me a point of self-righteousness, it's kind of sad huh. that there's there's not enough. And I'm just like, of this little, and it, I, I felt awful that that they didn't include any scripture. I thought it was like, everybody's going to be like, I'm one of these, I'm a, I'm a Christian that just, a motivational Christian, right? <laughs> you, got, you got the motivational Christians out there. Nobody's sharing a word. I was like, oh, man, the gospel wasn't really in there. I was hoping the gospel was in it. But now everybody's saying it changed my life. And I just, you know what? It, it does, I'm not, I've turned down a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people that have reached out to me that are on these, this high society level. And I'm just like, you know what? That's just not for me. And they say, you could do this. You could do that. And I say, no, I'm a basketball coach. My passion, my desire is to do that, and and I'll speak in this this situation in that situation. But you know what, man? I, 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 if you would have came at me in my twenties, you know what? If, if you'd have came at me in my twenties, you know, hey, I would have, whoo, let's go. You know, I would have been, <laughs> oh, hey, man. I would have been all over the place. I would have been the social media guru, all that. But you know what, man? I'm at a place where I was, and I'll tell, I'll share this story uh, just real quick, and I know we're running out of time, but. When I, I, I you, you got to watch what you ask for. Okay, so I'm getting towards the end of the, the season 
spring 2019. I said, Lord, okay, we're winning every year. Guys are transferring. We're having an impact. This is great. Everything seems to roll. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm a 10-year faculty now, praise God. And I'm thinking like, this is kind of, everything's rolling good. My kids are great. Everything's great. Like, Lord, what else is there for me? What do you got? Like, what do you got? And that's, that's the wrong thing I should have said. <laughs> that's the wrong thing to do is ask. You know, I challenge God. Like, what do you got? Come on now. What do you got for me? Well, you know what? Two months later than last chance, you called me. And they cold called me and said, hey, we got this thing. And, and I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, Lord, is that what you wanted me to do? Is that what? Is that that's a challenge of ministry that you have for me? And I literally didn't want to do it. And my pastor, you know, I said, no, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to say something wrong. I'm going to do something wrong. And my pastor says, no, I'm thinking he's going to say, yeah, let's just be humble and serve in the church and don't, you know, hey, but he says, no, you need to share. And literally I'm shaking in my boots. So after I committed to it, right before we start up filming, I'm in a bed sweating like, Lord, why did you have me do this? Why did you have me do this? Why are you asking me to do this? My life was perfect. My kids are great. My family, my wife, everything's perfect. And why am I doing this to expose all of the imperfectness about me? And I'm thinking about me. I'm not thinking about we go share our faith. I'm thinking about me like, oh, I'm going to look bad. I'm going to, you know. And then we go through it. I get comfortable. The Lord gave me peace. And then I got comfortable. We went through it. And then right before the show comes out, the same thing happens. I'm sweating in my bed. My wife is gone. My children are gone and I'm sweating my bed. I'm shivering. And for those of you who are leaders in a call to a, to a level of ministry, you know what I'm talking about, where you are burdened like, Lord, what in the world do you have me doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Wow. But you know what it is? It's a, uh, and I was speaking at San Diego Christian college and we talked about being that living sacrifice. Uh, and then there comes a transformation in our lives, but in Romans where it talks about being that living sacrifice. And there was a sacrifice there that had to be made. And I talk about not letting God look bad. And I remember watching several, you watch a lot of reality TV with Christian people and you have these Christian people who are doing these reality shows. And I'm like, wait a minute, man, God really doesn't look good right here. These people are supposed to be believers. These are pastors and these are, why does God look bad? We're, we're looking bad. Mm. God looks bad. Christians look bad. And this is, it's me. It's us that are turning people away from God because we're saying we're believers and people are turning away. And so, you know, to my point is, I don't want to want God to look bad. And so I'm burdened with that. And I pray that God can continue to have that conviction that he doesn't look, he doesn't look bad. And so you say with all this, all this, you know what I did? I'm from LA. I did a little bit of acting and videos and I did all that. I was a rapper and you know, you had that what? moment, you know? Yeah. I, I wanted all that. Right. But then God brought me to that point. I came out of Brazil and I was like, it's not about me. It's about him. Mm. And so now I'm just like, you know what? And I think God, he allowed me to do it. And I'm humbled that he allowed this to happen when I was ready. Like I it's just like he was ready. And so those who are called to ministry, those who are called to be pastors and preach, and you're frustrated because you're like, man, I can, I could probably be a pastor. I could probably preach. I could probably, you know, those who want to, they're ready, think they're ready to be the 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 minister of music, the, the leader. You know, they're ready, right? I'm ready to be the, the worship team leader. I'm ready for this. Like, you know, it may take years, but God, He's got to season us, He's got to get you ready and prepared. He's got to humble us and get our hearts ready. And he and he, he got my heart ready for this. And and right now, I think I'm at a place where I'm still burdened, I'm still humble, and I'm still ashamed. I'm actually ashamed 
of how we are as as a faith and how we need to represent Christ more. And I just don't want to. I just don't want to. My thing is, I don't want to want God to look bad. You mm. know, I don't want anybody to turn be turned away because of poor example of of what Christianity is and what faith is. And that's what's happening today in our society. Well, Coach, I think that um, at least from where I'm sitting. Uh, you did you did an, uh, an incredible job of making uh, the faith look not just um, attractive, but like actual good news. And um, my wife was saying that she wanted to uh, get up and move to East LA to join that marching band <laughs> that was so uh, charming. Um, yeah, she needs to come help. Come help. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. We want a, a reality TV show about just about just the marching band next time. <laughs> right. But um, I, from where I'm sitting, you are right where God needs you to be, and we're just grateful for what you're doing. And so, can we give uh, Coach Mosley a round of applause? Thank you, Coach, for your, for your time and for your amazing work and just for just your humility. It, it's blessed us today. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, just keep praying for me. I'm going to pray for you guys. You guys are on the prayers now. I got you too. So. All right. Praise God. Yes. Bye. Bye, Coach. Thank you.